Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You, too, could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. All right, another Carolina podcast. We're back on a Monday. We didn't want you guys to have to wait until Thursday to get an in-depth recap of what was a huge recruiting weekend for South Carolina 11 guys on campus including five or six depending on where you're looking four-star guys and we're going to do this quick hit style efficient Chris Clark and Wes Mitchell with me as always with all the details all the inside scoops except don't ask Wes about Luke Doty's measurements because he doesn't know because he forgot to ask him this week and which is okay because it's not as important for quarterback as other positions so we will uh we'll forgive you for that one Wes I mean I didn't know that was like a burning question I didn't either for this week I didn't either but Craig shout out Craig if you're listening to this podcast as well who chimed in on my local show wanted to know about Luke Doty's measurements and Wes didn't know so we'll we'll find out we'll let Craig know at some point I mean I know his measurements I just didn't know what the exact the updated ones right. for this right. week no, I mean do you know Chris I mean, he's no. listed six one one eighty eight. Yeah, but I is he six one and a quarter? You could have just, just, you just made something up. Know, right? That would have been disingenuous. Yeah, okay. we I don't do that your at Central. Yeah, appreciate your honesty. Carolina did get a commitment this weekend. They did get a commitment. We'll <laughs> we'll lead with that, and then we'll go through the other ten guys that were on campus, see what their status is, see what they liked, how their visit went. First, want to remind you guys to rate, review, and subscribe. If you like what you hear, you want us to do more of it. That's a great way to support the show and ensure that we keep doing it. Also, want to remind you that if you are not an insider on Gamecock Central. You can use the code GCPOD and get a month of insider action for free, which is pretty big time. And then once you get in there, you're going to love it, and then you're going to keep subscribing forever, which is what you should do anyways. All right, so guys, we will get started with the first commitment of the weekend, and that was Jazz Turnatine, as we found out his name is pronounced. Wes and I spent my entire local show on 107.5, where you can catch me weekdays from 12 to 1, calling him Turnatine, because Wes... You assured me that that's how it was pronounced. And like literally as soon as we got off the air, Chris was like, you know, it's Turnatine, right? And we're like, thanks. You should have just texted us. Yeah. Thanks, that didn't Chris. happen. But he's a Juco offensive lineman. He was on campus this weekend. Massive guy. Massive guy. 6'7, 339. Walk me through his recruitment and what this commitment means for Carolina. Yeah. So he's a guy that uh, Eric Wolford got in, oh, got in on pretty early. He, um, you know, he was a kid originally from Georgia, so his family's about three hours away from Columbia anyway. Um, he would have drawn more looks out of high school, but he was just a, he was a definite non-qualifier. Um, and so he went out to Hutchinson Community College, which is one of the strongest programs out there in Kansas. Um, they produced a ton of Division One talent over the years. Um, and so you look at the way his recruitment's played out. Wolford got in on him early, um, kept evaluating him, went out to Kansas, 
um, watched him play, saw what, saw what he was all about, and ended up offering him. That was his first offer, and then he picked up several others. Missouri was one, some other Division One offers that he had. And, uh, you know, probably a December graduate. He's got some work to do to get there, as, as junior college guys typically do. Uh, the summer is going to be important to get to that point. Uh, so a December graduate with three to play two. It was always really just a case where this was really the only official visit that he scheduled. And so everybody sort of knew that if he got on campus, liked it, and then if everything checked out on South Carolina's end, if the staff felt comfortable with where he was at academically, that probably he'd end up in the class sooner than later. And so it wasn't a huge surprise from that standpoint. Corey Robinson comparisons because he's yep. just huge. Corey Robinson, I think, was like 6'8", 330, so yep. about an inch shorter, maybe a few more pounds on him. Um, but when I think about Juco offensive linemen, the first guy that comes to mind is Dennis Daly, who was just yeah. tremendous last year, with the exception of that Kentucky game where he was facing a top-ten pass rusher and gave up three sacks that game. Um, didn't have his best game, but overall was just an outstanding offensive lineman his entire time at Carolina. How do you think Turnitine projects for Carolina? Yeah, I mean, he's he's a kid who's – obviously he's a mammoth. I mean, you can't teach the size that he has. He moves pretty well. He's going to be a little bit raw. Because um, you he, can be too big at tackle. Yeah. That's happened before. It wasn't necessarily the case with right. Corey Robinson, who ended up being fine, but in, in this case he's athletic enough to be able to move and contain some of those quicker edge rushers, you think? Yeah, and I mean, once – you know, the thing about Corey is once he <laughs> – you know, he bounced back and forth from offensive line to defensive line. He looked like one of those guys that wasn't going to pan out. And the staff did a really good job of figuring out what he needed to do to get into top flight condition. Once they did that, we saw his career sort of take off. And so, um, you know, Jazz is a guy that just look at the physical tools, and he's really intriguing from that standpoint, even if he's not a finished product. Dennis Daly wasn't a finished product, not out of high school, not out of junior college. He developed very well. You know, not only Corey, but a- another – sort of comparison that's been made to me just in talking to some folks uh, with Jazz is, is uh, Trenton Brown. And Trenton Brown was a former uh, Georgia Military College product. Um, similar size, I mean, 6'8", just huge, human eclipse type guy. Um, and he actually committed to Muschamp at Florida, uh, played for Muschamp at Florida, was drafted, I think, by the 49ers, and Eric Wolford as an assistant with the 49ers, coached Trenton Brown there. And so there was some sort of common ground there. I think that's something they were able to help sell on the recruiting trail as well. And I mean, Trenton Brown, not to put these types of expectations, they just sort of share position and size, but Trenton Brown just signed the now. largest contract in NFL history for an offensive lineman in the offseason. So uh, he's a guy that's developed tremendously. So I think anytime you look at that size, you get really excited about yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, I, I think um, one thing worth mentioning as well with the JUCO guys and the new redshirt rule too is that you know, he is, um, you know, a three-to-play-two guy. So if, um, you know, if he does come in and he's a bit raw and, and what have you, there's also a chance some of these guys, I think Juco kids always, not always, but almost always have a pretty big jump from junior to senior year. We saw it with Dennis Daly. You know, he, he I think, made a big step up. And, you know, Jabari Ellis came in this last year on the defensive line and um, took a red shirt and, you know, we thought he was going to play, but – didn't and then had a had a big spring so I, I think the adjustment from juco ball to sec ball isn't always immediate but if you give a guy a chance to maybe come in get in a few games uh, potentially you could keep him you know as a junior and then have two like really good full years depending on what the competition looks like at tackle as you start to look ahead to, to 2020 you know just something to keep in the back of your mind that, that's always a possibility with these guys but uh like chris said i mean big kid can move um, they offered him very early, so obviously, 
you know, Warford liked him a lot. And I just think, uh, like I said on your local show, I think it was like just a no-brainer on like all sides. It just made – it was just a good fit. It's a great fit for everybody, I think. He has announced his commitment last week when we did this. I put the over under one and a half for commits that Carolina would get from this group of 11 that visited this past weekend. And I have until Friday for the sake of our over-under and for no other significant purpose. Wes, you took the over. Chris, you took the under. It means he's the one. you got to get one more of these next 10 guys that we're going to talk about. And we'll just go ahead and get started. And Wes, I'll let you start with this one. Uh, Tank Bigsby, who we talked also a lot about last week um, and just sort of what the situation may have been, how things may have changed in terms of Bigsby's, Bigsby's recruitment after Marshawn Lloyd announced his commitment to South Carolina. What do you know about Tank's visit this weekend? Yeah, I think it went really well. Um, you know, Tank, we haven't talked to Tank after. You know, he hasn't done any interviews and stuff like that. But I uh, heard it, it went great. Um, you know, he he's a guy that's really, I think, from what I've been told, acted like he's already a part of the class um, while he's on campus. Like, he's got a great connection with the other kids, Luke Doty, uh, uh, Daquan Stewart, Mike Wyman. You know, these guys all like each other. They're all friends. Um, and – I think the question sort of remains, it was the same question coming into this weekend, is, you know, when will Tank Bigsby decide to uh, to announce a commitment? You know, I, I think if it's any time fairly soon, then I think you got to feel really good about South Carolina's chances. If it starts to drag out, if Georgia gets more involved, um, you know, then you start to maybe uh, worry a little bit more if you're looking at it from a South Carolina perspective. But, you know, so far so good, I, I think um, – the, the prevailing thought from this weekend is that, you know, everything just went smoothly, I, I think, with all the uncommitted guys. So uh, I think South Carolina is still in the lead, even if Tank isn't, you know, talking about it right now. So, I mean, and they busted out the Tank for him. Yeah, which was, I think, pretty awesome. Yeah. That, for those of you uh, that didn't see on Twitter, they literally got a Tank from the National Guard Armory Museum building that's right there on Bluff and National Guard. Is it Boulevard Street? No, National up. Guard Road, I think. Is it road? Okay. I think, yeah. but don't. But anyways, y'all yeah. y'all that live in Columbia know what we're talking about. They brought a tank, and he stood on top of it, and it was really cool. I mean, I think, and Chris, do you, do you have a feel at this point for when? I mean, I feel like that's the unknown right now is that. A tank as far as the timeline? Yeah, when sort will of, tank commit? I mean, I think it would be a shock if he took it. What I've always been told is that it would be no later than the end of July. But, you know, even even when you hear that with guys, sometimes it can change. I mean, um, I just think – I think it'll be this summer sometime. You know, there was sort of a thought that maybe it would be, you know, May. I know we, we heard some talk about that. But it hasn't happened so far. Of course, you got to remember these other schools aren't just trying to give up. You know, no nobody lands guys like Tank Bigsby just – with no issues. Right. I mean, everybody tries to complicate it and so and muddy the waters. So that's probably what's going on. I mean, I, I do I'd rather be South Carolina than any other school for sure. But but like Wes said, I mean, um it is a situation where you'd like to get him in the boat sooner or later just to make sure some of those other things can't happen. Right. So yeah, so given how well his recruitment has gone to this point, should it concern South Carolina the longer this drags on? I mean, it can get concerning if that happens. I mean, I, I don't know. You know, I guess it would it would be how long is it? Dra- are we talking about is it drag out just to like August or are we talking about like December? You know, if it drags out past the summer, I think that would be a little bit more concerning for the Gamecocks. All right, next guy up, a four-star defensive end, 6'4", 240, out of Greensboro, North Carolina, Miles Murphy. Yeah, Miles is a player that, you know, ever since the staff – 
offered. Um, he's been a top priority for them. He's got an interesting body type to where, you know, he could probably play inside or outside. Maybe a little bit like Joseph Anderson as far as the body type. I mean, different types of players, but Anderson's a guy who, you know, you looked at him coming out of high school and his weight sort of fluctuated during high school. Um, but he always had the look of somebody who could be an end or a tackle. He's playing end for South Carolina and had a really good spring for them. And so I think maybe body type-wise similar. It wouldn't be surprised if Miles, you know, played inside for South Carolina because it looks like sort of that's where his progression is gravitating towards. Um, but he's an athletic guy um, who they really like and, and have been a really good position for. I think this weekend only enhanced that. Next guy up, another offensive lineman, uh, a guy that hasn't been talked about that much, but another really, really big guy. Uh, offensive tackle Joshua Bronze, 6'6", 335 out of Live Oak, Florida. You know, there's some family connections there. Will Muschamp's brother, Mike Muschamp, who is a high school coach in the Atlanta area, has some familiarity with um, with Mike Braun, who is Josh's father. Um, it's a whole family of offensive linemen. Mike, you know, was, was a guy um, in college. And then, you know, three brothers with Trey and Parker, and now Josh, who are going to all have played major college football. Uh, Parker just transferred from Georgia Tech to Texas for his final season of eligibility coming up this year. And, uh, you know, Josh is a four-star guy who, you know, really bright student and uh, really high upside as an offensive lineman too. So Muschamp and Wolford have been on been on him for quite a while. Um, Florida, South Carolina, Georgia, those are the main ones to watch. And really, after this trip to South Carolina this past weekend, the the only other visit that he has scheduled on the books is Georgia, June 14th weekend. And so I've sort of heard some conflicting things as far as I know South Carolina's in it very heavily, particularly after this weekend, and I've sort of heard some conflicting things to the primary challenger as whether it's Georgia, whether it's Florida. There's some different opinions on that. Um, I think if Parker had transferred to Florida, that would have helped the Gators more, a little bit more, depending on the experience that he ended up having there. But uh, well, I think we got to see how this trip to Georgia goes. I know Josh was very impressed uh, with the academics, specifically the business school. We had a lot of comments about that that he was very excited about and loves Wolford too. So I think South Carolina is heavily, heavily in it for him. Yeah, how could you not? Wes and I spent a little bit of time on my local show earlier just talking about not that Wolford's underrated because I think people, especially around here and people that really follow the Gamecocks and follow recruiting, understand how good Wolford is. But even still, I feel like he's unsung just – Obviously, his recruiting prowess, and then maybe even more than that, just his player development, is like is second to none. Like he's, I don't know. I mean, this is maybe like a summertime podcast, and I don't even know how exactly we would we would do this. But even if we just looked at like the last twenty years, he's got to be one of the best three, five, maybe probably three, four assistant coaches that Carolina's ever had. I mean, I and maybe I'm overreacting, but I think that dude is just an unbelievable coach. Like everything he touches turns to gold. Yeah, I mean his track record's pretty pretty good. Um, I mean, who who else do you put in there for just like all time great assistance that Carolina's had? Oh boy, we could do a Ooh. podcast on that. Yeah, yeah. We, we will. We should. Let's, I guess this is a um, Brad teaser Lowing's for that. Up there. Yeah, Brad Lowing, awesome. <laughs> GA yeah. Mangus, dude knew how to coach quarterbacks, and he knew how to get the most out of Stephen Garcia. That uh, I don't know if there was anybody else in the country that could have maximized his talent the way that Mangus did. You know, I, I think with with Wolf. Um, the thing that stands out about him is that there is a very um, particular plan as far as what he's looking for in each class. And, um, you know, I think the O-line, too, is a spot where um, his job is to to go get offensive linemen. Like, he's not really – doesn't have to be so much concerned with 
ter- you know, other territories and stuff like that. I, I think, um, you know, when he came in, that's a position where you have to recruit four or five guys every class. Um, kudos to Muschamp for basically turning him loose and saying, hey, your job is to have this position fixed and to stay fixed, basically. So go, you know, go sign a bunch of guys that, that fit what you're talking about. And I think the thing we've seen is an upgrade in athleticism. I think uh, South Carolina's offensive line had gotten to the point where, especially at the tackle positions, that was a big concern. Uh, you know, matching up with these defensive ends at the SEC level is uh, you have to have a certain level of, of athleticism to do that, and South Carolina, I think, was lacking there. So we've seen Wolford have a, a clear plan, uh, the personality, the work ethic to go get it done. And um, now I think it's it's actually – you know you've arrived – at a position or at a school, not that South Carolina is dominant on the offensive line yet, because that's not what I'm saying. But that was a really good when, group last year, though. Um, but when you get to a point where if you lose a Javion Cohen, which they did, you know, he committed to Auburn over the weekend, or even if you lose an Isaiah Walker eventually, you know, that's going to be a battle to the end. I think um, you feel like you're going to be fine at that spot because I think he's got the ability now to get them in on enough high-quality guys that even if you miss, you're going to miss on part of them, but if you're in on enough of them, you're going to sign a good class every year. So it's kind of a it's a numbers game too, but it's about getting in on enough, you know, high enough quantity of quality, whereas in the past maybe South Carolina is having to put all of its eggs into a couple of baskets, and if you miss on those guys, then you're talking about a big drop-off. Or if one of them doesn't pan out, and then, of course, offensive line, there are always injuries, so it's about having that quality depth, and that's sort of, I think, a common refrain around here, as well Muschamp starts to build these classes. It has more to do with, you know, who is the next guy up and what's the drop-off than even just, like, what is the top-end talent. And I, th- uh, I think, uh, can I make one more point? Yeah, yeah. Do we have a, a moment? So, I think one thing that stands out is, I think you got to give Muschamp credit for, Giving, like Wes said, turning Wolford loose and saying, you know, go go, just take care of the offensive line, take care of your position. Not only that, but giving him numbers to work with. Like, you know, Muschamp's a defensive coach. That's his, his background, you know, and, and so in terms of just evaluating and things that he can evaluate talent at every position, but, you know, defense, that's his bag. Like, that's the thing he can do. But he, he gives numbers every year, you know, three to or it's going to be four to five every year offensive lineman really that's what you need to take you don't need to have a class where you take one offensive lineman or two you can get yourself in a lot of trouble doing that and so we've seen them take numbers every year and Wolford always has a plan he always has a board and they've hit a lot of their top priorities there not always but um they've done pretty well and Wolford's a guy that it's hard for whatever reason it's harder to find offensive line coaches who like to recruit who are good at evaluating and like to recruit. You can find recruiters at running backs coach or tight ends coach or whatever. I don't know why it is, but it's hard to find O-line coaches who can evaluate coach and also recruit. And Wolford I would imagine is that's a, a very meticulous process for offensive line. Like when you look at running backs, it's like that dude just broke that guy's ankles and then ran 60 yards yeah, in like three seconds. But for offensive difficult. line, it's got to be way more tedious to Defensive back and offensive line are the two toughest, you know, just on film yeah. mm-hmm. to evaluate. It's hard to evaluate. You can evaluate a running back on film, mm-hmm. but not offensive linemen yeah. as much. It's hard. Yeah, and Wes mentioned that on my local show as well, that, and, and that took me by surprise because I didn't know that, but seems like, at least in y'all's opinion, the defensive back class is usually like the, the latest to develop for, you know, kinds of similar reasons. Uh, I want to go back to one thing you said you were talking about Will Muschamp obviously having defensive expertise. You said that's his bag. 
Yeah. That's a great expression, and I think we need to bring that back. That feels kind of 90s. Okay. Is it? Okay. I think um, so. Is that nicely? I was still pretty young in the 90s. Or maybe too, like, so I, don't know. I don't know, early aughts. I'm not sure. I, I feel like that's an expression that like I was aware of. Sometimes I just never used. stuff up. That's probably his bag. That's cool. It might even be like older, and like in the early aughts, it was retro. What was the one you said yesterday that was the made up? Like, you're like, I don't even know what that means, but you said uh, it. You don't want to sell the farm? Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> or you, you don't want to give bet, away the farm. <laughs> yeah, but it's bet the farm. You don't want to give away the farm. Well, he said give away the farm. Kind of like, mixed metaphor. I've, yeah. well, I've heard that one too, though. Give like away you can lead a horse to water, but you can only skin it once. <laughs> I <laughs> is, love is give away the farm one or not? Because as soon as I, I said no, it, I was bet like, the farm. Yes. it's bet the farm. Well, I think it's both. You can do yeah. either or. Why would you uh, give away your farm? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you, do, you don't want to give away the well, farm. Well, it's, it's <laughs> just like if you gave away a product. Well, it's also, I think, I think Although maybe Although we do that with this podcast. Hey. Yeah, if you want to sponsor it, though, give us a call. I think maybe I got that also because I've been thinking about Major League Baseball and you don't want to give away the farm is like you don't want to give away your farm system. Oh, uh, okay. When you're, you know, you don't want to give away the whole farm okay. if you're trying to get yeah, some yeah. Like, You're not thinking about somebody. like agriculture and livestock. I don't know. I mean, originally it was probably. Well, a, what I told Wes was a farm has a lot of things on it. Yeah. You got land, you've so you got animals, you got buildings. I mean, land. Yeah. You, you can home. stop at land. You can't give away land. Right. Exactly. So don't give away. So it makes a lot of sense. Chickens and. Um, all right. All right. We've been talking about uh, offensive linemen, and you mentioned him a second ago. So I'll start with you, Wes, as we move on to our next guy, Isaiah Walker, 6'4, 265, offensive tackle, according to rivals. Way more than 265 now. Yeah, but, I, I was going to hey, say. we do have the updated. Uh, yeah, he was asking yeah, about Yeah, I did my yeah, job, It was Wes. Craig. Craig. So, yeah, give me the... Uh, give me 280? The, no, 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 no. Updated measurements so on Wes the... Wes doesn't uh, read my stuff either. On Man, the 6'4 so offensive tackle out of Miami, Florida. <sighs> how how much does he weigh now, Chris? He's he's 304. 304? Yes, every bit of it. <clears throat> Miles Murphy is 280. Okay, that's where I got that from. Okay. Um, I didn't read Yeah, he's listed though. as 240. Miles Murphy being 280 Right here in this little write-up he'll do. Yeah. So... Cool. By the way, I'm gonna digress like crazy for a second. Good. Um, so Will Muschamp house like visit mm-hmm. Lake House. Yeah, Lake Murray. Mm-hmm. That's to me, on average, the most fun part of the official visit when you talk to kids and you say, "Hey, what did you like the most?" Um, they always like that trip because you're on the water, you're out there, you're having fun. And have y'all seen, I don't know what you call it, have y'all seen the jetpack things yeah. that mm-hmm. we've seen the, the current players get on and, and shoot up in the air? So I asked Miles Murphy if he got on the thing. And I know, so Luke Doty got on the thing, and it shot him like 20 feet in the air. Seems like but such a liability. You would think. And But I asked Miles Murphy if he got on there, and he said, sure enough, that they tested it out and that it did, get him off the ground. He's like, now, not as high as Luke Doty. He's like, because I'm 280 pounds, which is how I know he's 280 pounds. But he said he did get up in the air on this Okay. Thing. So I thought not that was the, the most um, that was the most interesting thing I took away Good from, to know. from this official so, visit. So he and Isaiah Walker have both put on 40 pounds since their last weigh-in. Yes. It's good to know. Isa- when Isaiah Walker committed to South Carolina, May of 2018, so a little over a year ago, he was 245. Another fun wow. fact for you. So about 60 pounds. In good weight, right? I think so. Doesn't look uh, sloppy. 
He posts a lot of videos online of him working out too. Yeah, that's just that's a lot of weight to put out in the year. I'm not saying. I mean, that's it's impressive dedication to your diet and your workout and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, and what, Miles looks great physically too. So yeah. Um, anyway, we were talking so, uh, about Isaiah Walker. Yeah. So so Walker, <laughs> a guy a guy that's already committed to South Carolina. Um, but as we were talking about this offensive line class, you mentioned that despite him already being committed, it's probably going to come down to the wire. Um, what'd you hear from his camp after this weekend? Yeah, well, as I was not reading Chris's story on him, um, I learned that, you know, I think it was a great weekend for him. I think that the interesting thing here, though, is that he is still going to look to take some other official visits, and he's still talking to other schools, and, um, you know, I believe the way he says he's still enjoying the recruiting process. So, um, you know, I think it's one of those things where you'd rather him be committed than not. So, you know, you're happy about that, but I I don't think you ever – completely you never assume that he's going to be in this class until he's signed into this class and I, I think if you know if everything plays out on the field just fine you know I still think South Carolina is probably where he wants to be but I, I don't know that you can consider anything locked in at this point I mean would you agree with, is that the best way to say that I mean yeah I mean if, if a kid hasn't shut down the process and is pretty open about the fact that he's not shutting it down and he's going to keep taking visits keep entertaining coaches Always something to watch. I mean, always. But yep. um, I, again, I I would rather be where South Carolina is than anybody. It, it's not a deal where you feel like he they're just sort of hanging on by a thread with him. I don't think it's it's like that. He's a clear leader, but somebody else could possibly emerge. And you and I talked about this, or all three of us talked about this on Friday. I think it was you, Wes, that said you would probably say about eighty percent of people that had a verbal commit to South Carolina over the last you know ten, twenty years, whatever have ended up going, but this is one of those that would probably fall into the 20%. Not necessarily that it's not going to happen, but that you just take that commitment with a little more grain of salt than the other guys. Yeah, and, and you know, the kid at least has been up front about the fact that he's taking other visits. Mm-hmm. It's not like he's, um, you know, saying that he's not and then taking trips. You know, he's he's been open about it. He's been honest about it. And, um, you know, we'll see. But I, I think, in general, most guys end up sticking, but because it becomes a big news story when a guy decommits, then that's sort of on the forefront of people's minds. So when they think of recruiting and they, you know, talk about, oh, a verbal commitment means nothing, you know, most of the time it does mean something, but in in some cases it doesn't. And I do think with the recruiting process starting earlier and earlier, maybe guys aren't quite as ready to commit, even though um, now they are. So you may may see a little bit uptick in the number of decommitments just because younger guys are, you know, committing now. Now they broke out the tank for Tank Bigsby. Did they have like a snow walker for Isaiah Walker, like an ATAT? I don't. Uh, what is a snow walker? Like a snowmobile? No, is, an is ATAT. This a, it's a Star this Wars, a Star Wars thing? thing. I know y'all. Oh, I didn't know that. I don't oh, okay. know the. Right, I didn't that, know that's the, the thing they have on Hoth. What's the eight? Was AT ATAT? That's what the is, big like. Why is it called an ATAT? It's like. Uh, like I don't know, like actually, all terrain attack tankers. It's something okay. like that. I have no idea what it actually stands for, but it's something like that. It's it's way too hot in Columbia for anything that involves the word. It doesn't snow have to be snow though. Answer. I think they brought it's them a to, snow walker. But it's all terrain. <laughs> melt. It's all terrain. We just know it from Hoth because the only time we see them use them is well, actually not the only time. So they use them on Hoth, and then um, when Luke, I can goes, feel our ratings going down. When right Luke, now. Yeah, we don't have ratings. <laughs> when Luke goes to meet Palpatine and Vader. By the way, everyone that's listening to this knows what I'm talking about. You two losers no. are just sort of stuck in between no. when you didn't have Star Wars movies growing up, which is why you're so sad now all the time. But when Luke and <laughs> Vader, or when Vader is taking Luke to go meet Palpatine, 
on indoor. Speak English. No, when you're, you're on indoor, I'm going to see Palpatine, you're leaving the AT-AT. They're like taking the elevator out of the AT-AT. So it's all terrain. It's not just snow. But they didn't have one of those for Isaiah Walker? No. No. Okay, all right. Maybe next time. <laughs> all right, comment on the Insiders Forum if you knew what he was talking about you know, these people, or you didn't These know. lovely people know exactly what I'm talking about. I'm going to say it's at least 50% or below. Know what I'm talking about? Yeah. You realize Star Wars is like a big deal, right? I do, but not okay. to that extent that Everyone they know knows all what those an names and places is. and all that. But no, Everyone, I'm talking about all the... Anyway, people people know about on. the forest moon of Endor. Moving you're, on. You're really, you're really underestimating Star Wars. You're, you're just jealous that you're not a part of it. That's fine. Okay. It's fine. Moving on. Chris, I'll let you uh, start with this one. Another verbal commit for South Carolina, Michael Wyman, 6'4", 197 wide receiver out of Greensboro, North Carolina. Any updates from Wyman this weekend? Nothing significant, right? I mean, uh, Wes probably doesn't know his weight <laughs> or height. But I think he's still 6'4", probably. Um, but er- everything's good. I mean, just he's. I think he's solid. Has he Nothing. sort of – is he part of what I'm myself just calling, like, the Doty crew of the guys that have taken it upon themselves to be the ambassadors for this class? Not as much as – I mean, Luke is, is sort of a different – breed with with that type of stuff you know sort of like ryan holinsky was in the last class he's sort of taking the charge but yeah i mean you would see luke and michael wyman and daquan stewart you know hanging out a lot together um over the weekend um but it's still solidly committed without necessarily you know taking that leadership role okay no i think um you know when mike first committed he was talking about taking some other official visits and stuff like that since then he's really just locked it down you know south Carolina is where he wants to be um Let's see. And he's he's actually the only, as we're recording this, he's the only guy that's committed that we have not spoken with yet um, from the weekend. But he he plus Luke Doty plus Daquan Stewart will all be at South Carolina again on Friday for camp, um, which I thought was kind of cool. They, uh, they planned it out to where they were going to camp on the same day so that Luke and uh, Daquan and Mike can actually – throw with each other. So camp starts um, Thursday. They're going to the Friday? Yes, they're going to Friday so that they can all be there at the same time, which I thought was, um, I think, speaks a little bit to just their their bond and just the fact that they're, they're thinking this thing through. You know, it would have been pretty easy to just go to camp on a random day, but they planned it to where they're all going to be there at the same time. Um, and obviously, quarterback, receiver, anytime you can go ahead and start throwing with each other, um, it's not a bad thing. Absolutely. All right, well, so you, you already mentioned both of those guys. They're both committed to Carolina. They're the next two on the list, so we'll just package them together since we're running a little bit long here. Luke Doty, 6'1", 188, we think. Wes doesn't know for sure, uh, out of Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. And uh, Daquan Stewart, he's a three-star wide receiver, 6'2", 195, out of uh, Huntersville, North Carolina. They're going to be here Friday. What would you hear from this weekend? Yeah, another great visit. Uh, Luke uh, you know, used a lot of his time just recruiting others, trying to make other people feel comfortable. He was hosted by Ryan Holinsky, which I thought was pretty cool. Those guys, I think, have similar personalities in some ways. Um, you know, I always thought they would hit it off, and they they met uh, during a game last year when they were both on campus. So, uh, you know, they they've already sort of started to establish a relationship. So, uh, yeah, I mean, great visit, Luke's. I mean, Luke's been on campus so many times now. Um, I think he he probably holds my personal record for most times I've interviewed a kid I think because um, I've interviewed him I mean I can't tell you how many times um, but always glowing things to say about the staff and you know everybody here the way he's treated um, you know one of his favorite parts was actually 
he had a sit down with Dan Warner in the quarterback's room where it was just like a true like 30, 45 minutes just like like X's and O's talk and going over the scheme and literally like a coaching session of here, here's how we teach this. Um, so it's the John which, Gruden quarterback room but the college version? Basically, yeah. So, you know, Luke really liked that. And then uh, Daquan, a.k.a. Bobo Stewart, um, he always has a great time too. Uh, love that kid. Great personality. Um, fu- just fun interview, fun dude. And, um, you know, he, he said they, they actually talked about how they want to use him, and uh, that was one of the highlights for him. Uh, hosted by Ortray Smith. Um, Ortray's message to him was, hey, they play freshmen, so just come in and be ready. And, um, you know, they want to use him on the outside receiver spot, but he could potentially play some slot as well. And uh, they compared him to uh, to Debo a bit, so that was something that I, I think stuck out. Um, you know, I think something that caught his attention where he – kind of uh th- that was that was an honor for him to be mentioned you know along the same lines and he's a he's actually a 49ers fan so the fact that Debo a kid he has loved watching play college football got drafted to his team and now he's being compared to him that was like a cool moment for him and Wilford coached the 49ers so tenuous connection there um so Daquan's a three-star guy he looks like he's right on the cusp his rivals aggregate is 5.7 Doty's is 5.8 and that puts mm-hmm. him in four-star range so he is pretty close you think he's a guy that you know, next season, if he has another good statistical season, he could jump up to the four-star I think potentially, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to watching him. You know, we saw him, what, at the Rivals camp at uh, Nation Ford. Yeah. Um, played well there. We'll see. We'll be out there on Friday to watch him. Um, you know, I, I think he's he's not a guy that's going to move down, I don't think. I think he's at the very least a high three-star guy. Um, if he had a huge year, could it be a four-star? Um, yeah, because most people – that see him play are, are pretty impressed with the kid and say he's he's a bit underrated. So I think it's either way it's a nice pickup. I, I'm very curious to see you know Wyman's a four star guy, um, Stewart's a three star guy. I'm ready to see them side by side because um, you can make the argument that Stewart is probably every bit the player that that Mike Wyman is. So I'm I'm curious to see both of them at the same. So y'all place. are going to get to see Doty throw balls to both of those guys on Friday. Yes, that's going to be cool. And then we'll type about it. A glimpse of the future. And then talk about it on this mm-hmm. podcast. Exactly. Um, another high three-star guy, and Chris, I'll let you start um, here. Dominic Hill, 6'1", 170, uh, listed as an athlete. South Carolina recruiting him as a defensive back. Yeah, he's a he's a big player who's really, I mean, his recruiting process, I mean, just exploded um, over the past several months. Um, he was a guy that was a receiver in high school, switched over to defensive back, and then we saw his offer list sort of explode. He's a guy who can run. He's got great size. He's, you know, six foot one. He's put on a lot of weight. I think he's listed at 170. And then you look at back some of his older camp pictures, he's really filled out a good bit, um, put on some more good weight. He just has a really high upside. He's one of those defensive backs that, you know, you see the potential there and you see his length. Um, he's really sort of how you draw him up in terms of what you look for and can contribute on special teams as well. And he's from Florida, which for some reason always yep. seems to help defensive backs. Yeah, <laughs> automatically. Yeah. Yes. So, I mean, he, he's a player out of Orlando they really like. Um, I think this is his third visit this year to South Carolina um, of the overnight variety, this one being his official visit. One more visit to Missouri later this month on the 14th, assuming that does still take place. That's his plan right now. May take another one or two in there, but I, I don't think he'll leave June without being committed somewhere, I don't think, and, and the Gamecocks are in good position there. Two more guys that were in town this weekend, both of whom are verbally committed to South Carolina. We'll start with Muhammad Kaba, who's another 
high three-star guy, could end up um, as a four-star. We talked about him about a month ago when he mm-hmm. committed six three two oh five from Clinton, North Carolina. Wes, what did you hear from Cabo's camp? Yeah, first of all, very just a business-like kid. Um, you know, I, I don't think – you know, he had a great time this weekend, but I don't think he's the guy that, like, gets caught up in all the hoopla of the official visit, which I think is a, a good fit for – for this defense, you know, they talk about being a blue collar defense and, um, you know, th- this kid, he, he fits. And I-, I heard he had a great spring as far as um, just his progress high school wise that Carolina is even more high on him now than they maybe were before. So, you know, th- this kid, he-, he had a great weekend. He was hosted by Jamar Brown, who actually I think has a similar personality to him. Um, you know, Jamar just got on campus himself recently. But, um, you know, it's a guy that's a scheme fit, could play – the will could play the mic, um, you know. Really looking, he's looking forward to being here at South Carolina um, soon. So I, I think that, you know, this, this is a guy that I still believe, even though he's, you know, a three-star guy on Rivals. Um, but didn't we officially make him a Gamecock Central four-star on the local I think, show? I think we did. So I think we did. To me, he's he's a four-star guy. I don't know if you agree, Chris. Yeah, I, I do. Well, he's four-star upside because he's a rangy guy. Which is important yes. for linebacker nowadays. You got to cover in space and be able yeah. to attack downhill, and he seems to do all of those things as as well as anybody in the class. Yeah, I mean, just the thing, the things that we hear about him, and and, and then you just turn on the film. Uh, he's definitely a, a GCC four star, or a GC. Yeah, there you go. Whichever one, you know. All right, last guy up, and you both already mentioned him when we were just doing an overview of the offensive line class a couple minutes ago. Uh, Tyshawn Wanamaker, again, a verbal commit to South Carolina, six four, three thirty. From St. Matthews, right up the road, what did you hear from Wanamaker? Yeah, I think he had a good visit. Uh, he's he's not a kid that says much at all. Um, but, uh, you know, he's solidly in the class, um, has a good relationship with Wolford. Um, you know, and he, he gets to campus a decent amount and, and sort of doesn't maybe recruit other guys as much as, like, a Luke Doty, but he is sort of in that, that group where those guys have, like, gotten to know each other and – um, hang out when he's on campus and uh, yeah I think he's a solid commitment to South Carolina and probably one of the guys in this class that isn't going to be talked about as much but has you know I think he has just as good a chance of being a contributor down the road as, as anybody um, you all you see this every year state of South Carolina you know maybe small town guy um, doesn't really get as many looks sometimes as as maybe he would if he was at a bigger school but is a, a really good prospect in his own right and future future guard I think for Carolina um, has slimmed down a little bit in, in recent weeks, can move really, really well for his size, and um, just had, you know, with committed guys, it's it's a little bit different on official visits. It's just more about being around your future teammates and learning more about um, sometimes even the logistics of what it's going to be like when you get there. Um, you know, I, I tried to – I asked – I mean, I talked to him. I asked him what his favorite part was, and he said everything. Um, I asked him what he ate on the trip. He said everything. <laughs> um, so uh, – <laughs> so I, that's I, good. He's gonna play guard. He needs to be yeah, beefy. I think I think it went well. <laughs> this could be a big domino class, guys. I agree. This could be a big domino class. I mean, this domino is a, class. What you mean? I mean, when we're talking, <laughs> you know, the domino effect. You ever played dominoes before? You, I mean, not played. Well, I know what you mean, but like, yeah. you mean like the the twenty one class is gonna be stronger than this one. Well, I, this this feels like I don't want to say like a, a jumping off point because obviously everything Muschamp's done in his first couple of years here is leading up to this point. But this feels like the big class that if Will Muschamp does work out here at South Carolina and gets them back into 
you know, nine, 10, 11 win seasons every year. I think this is the class that people are going to look back. This is going to be sort of the Stefan Gilmore or the Marcus Lattimore class where it's like, oh yeah, like most of these guys panned out. It's NFL bodies. It's, you know, depth of talent. It's guys all across the board and, and really well-rounded. I mean, we're talking about a four-star quarterback and, you know, a five-star running back and a four-star defensive end and four-star wide receiver. Like Carolina's really going after their needs and getting a lot of guys and snatching them out of some people's back pockets, out of some, out of some people's backyards. Like this feels like, like I said earlier, like the Stephon Gilmore or Marcus Lattimore kind of class that Spurrier had. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it, it, it is, like you said, it's deep. It's got a chance to be really good at several different spots. I mean, to me, you know, you look at 2019, signed a really good quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, really good defensive end. Really good defensive line. But the key here is, you know, if, if the running back situation. I mean, I think that's what could potentially separate it. Right, absolutely. So we will, guys, we'll, uh, we'll keep you updated, of course, on all these guys. And we have camp starting this Thursday, so we'll be back a little bit later in this week to preview that. Um, and like I mentioned earlier, if you guys like this and you want to hear more of it, remember to rate, review, subscribe. Be sure to share it with your friends. And uh, subscribe to Gamecock Central if you're not already subscribed. And you can use the exclusive podcast code GCPOD, G-C-P-O-D, to get a month free of Gamecock Central insider information, which is great around this time of year when we have camps and all these big recruiting weekends and things like that. I also want to remind you to sign up for the newsletter, which is completely free and just lots of good info. It's just great. Like everything that you could possibly need to know for that day or for that week is all in the Gamecock Central newsletter. So we'll be back a little bit later this week with a camp preview. And as always, thanks for listening. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.